Welcome to the CCF Iowa podcast. Well, hey guys, we are back with another episode of the CCF Iowa podcast. This is an episode over the beginning of Matthew chapter 5, uh, what we call the Beatitudes. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And so uh, what we're going to be doing is just giving you hopefully a short uh, message coming to you today uh, so that John will continue uh, talking through the book of Matthew next uh, week uh, with the Sermon on the Mount, covering all the rest of the stuff that's coming in Matthew chapter 5. But we thought it was important to spend some time here. So I'm going to read the Beatitudes for you real quick, and then we'll kind of dive into a little bit about what each one of them means. Starting in uh, verse 2 in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And as you'll notice, a lot of these have... Uh, something to say along the lines of blessed are something and and these are really in a way structured like uh, like the proverbs uh, uh, in uh, which is a book of wisdom literature in the bible these are a lot of times intended to be a piece of of wisdom these beatitudes and so um the word blessed we have to start here the word blessed has really two me- words to mean blessing uh, in, in the greek and hebrew words and one of them simply means something uh, as in a prayer uh, from god so uh, asking for a blessing uh, from god and that is the word that is not used in this text the word that is used is to uh, is used when it's when it's recognizing an existing state of happiness or good fortune. So it's not so much asking as it is recognizing what we already have. And so what the Beatitudes are really about is is affirming a quality of spirituality that we already have present. The Beatitudes do not mean blessed are the people who do X because they will receive Y. The Beatitudes really mean blessed are people that are X because they already have why? That's really kind of the way that we should read these. And so, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is trying to say here is that uh, that we live, as, we are part of the kingdom of God. We live in this world where the kingdom of God is often thought of something that is only in the future. Uh, but really, the kingdom of God is is in the past, the present, and the future. I think I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the, but the kingdom of God is all those things. So Jesus is affirming that those who believe in him are part of the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. See, this is a, 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 a an interesting uh, beatitude because what Jesus, because the type of mourning that Jesus is talking about is a mourning of sin. This isn't necessarily mourning the loss of a loved one or mourning, um, the, the, just a pain or, uh, or, or something, 
uh, similar in, in the earth. This is a mourning of our sin, both our private and our public, our community sin. And uh, and really, sin, by definition, is missing the mark. It's it's kind of similar to, a similar definition to a failure to love God. And frankly, failure to love God and our neighbors should produce grief within us. So, uh, when we are aware of our failures and we are aware of how much we are are falling short, uh, of how much we are missing the mark, that should cause us to mourn. But where there is mourning, there is always comfort, and and uh, and the blessed people continue to mourn and and uh, and continue to understand and recognize the the sorrow that they have in their sin. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, meek is a definite is a word we don't really use too uh, too much anymore. And so the definition here is a humble obedience and accepting God's presence. And so, uh, really, what Jesus is is trying to say here is that if you are humble in 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 God's in accepting God's guidance, if you can be contented with whatever God says uh, I have for you, then we. Therefore, inherit the earth. We control the earth. We not control. We um, we are content in this earth because it, Jesus gives us a a sense of satisfaction with understanding that this earth will not last. And and if we possess our, if we put our treasures in heaven, then we have overcome this earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. See, in this uh, in this world, in this region, in this time that Jesus is saying this, food and water insecurity was really not a problem for many people in the developed world, except for the poor people, because that's always been the case. And uh, and Jesus is really saying this because complacency set in, and what Jesus is saying that we need to constantly be seeking. Uh, hungering and thirsting righteousness, because if we feel like we satisfy, then we wind up being empty. And so, um, regardless on on how you feel about your spirituality, it's the pursuit of our spirituality, the pursuit of righteousness, um, that will leave us satisfied. And so, um, the the kind of imagery that that is used here is uh, is those times that you have been uh, like, if you think of a metaphor of like th- those times that you've really craved a bottle of water, right? Or a Gatorade or something like that. The times where you have have just been in serious, immense thirst where you feel like you're about to pass out and then you finally get that water, that Gatorade or whatever you happen to have. And, and, and it just tastes like this, like the best thing that you've ever had in your entire life. And so what Jesus is saying is if you continue to, to pursue me to hunger and thirst for righteousness that you will be satisfied like that drink of water. Jesus is saying that the blessed aren't those that arrive, but those who continue at whatever cost towards a more perfect righteousness. Those people will be satisfied in him. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. These have a, a lot of ties to uh, to forgiveness, the and being forgiven. These words, grace and mercy, and this action of of being merciful and receiving mercy, and um, and so Jesus is saying almost in a foreshadowing of one of the parables that he's going to talk about later about the, uh, uh, about the person who uh, is forgiven a big debt but then refuses to forgive a little debt. Jesus is is saying the same message here that if you wish to be forgiven then you should forgive. If you really want to uh, to 
if you really accepted Jesus's work on the cross, then that should mean that we should forgive others as well. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, pure in heart is uh, this phrase that people would use that is simply a, a matter of one focus. It, it means that I am not split or divided. It, it doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I it, it means that I'm not tied between two or three things. It means that I love God and everything that I do should show that I love God. I'm not mixed with another motive. Uh, I, I'm not um, valuing something other than my faith. I, I, I am simply focused on God. And, and of course, Jesus here is talking in a metaphorical sense because John 1, 8 says that no one has ever seen God. But they're talking about a physical presence in John 1, 8. And Jesus here is talking about a metaphorical uh, presence of God, a metaphorical image of God, because knowledge of God and vision of him are the privilege gr privileges granted to, the, to the angels and the pure in heart, according to scripture. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become, be, be called sons of God. And this is very intentional phrasing that, that Jesus uses peacemaker and not peaceful, because See, peace is typically seen as an absence of war or a cessation of violence, but also peace means loving relationships between individuals, families, communities, and nations. And peace also means good health. So peacemaking sometimes means that we need to be not peaceful. We need to support things like wearing your freaking mask and, and, and you know, standing up for racial discrimination. Peace sometimes means that we need to, to be uh the peacemakers means that to bring out peace. Sometimes we maybe need to be not so peaceful. Um, and, and he says that we shall be called the sons of God. And this is uh, important because this is an emphasis on a character, not a position. There is specifically not children of God for that reason. That we would be so closely related to uh, to this person because the son would be the most uh, close to the father. And so uh, Jesus is saying that if you are the peacemaker, you, uh, if you fight for the things that are important to Jesus's heart, that should be important to your heart as well, that, that we will be the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in a way, this foreshadows Jesus's encounter with the two thieves on the crosses near his you see, when Jesus is on the cross, if you if you recall, there are two thieves that are aside from him, and one of them is essentially mocking Jesus the whole time, and the other one accepts Jesus and and asks for uh, for Jesus to accept him. And Jesus says, "Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise." And what Jesus is saying, he's he's rewarding the person that gives in hu hu into humility and gives into following the will of Jesus at no matter what point in their life. And that person is the kingdom of heaven. That person's is that paradise that Jesus is talking about. The other person does not uh, have a place yet in the kingdom of heaven and God's kingdom uh, it, with his current state. And so um, it's also worth noting that persecution is not just limited to forces outside of the church. It's not just if you're in a country where Christianity is illegal and you know, there are physical threats against you or times when uh, you have been, you know, suffering for your faith. It's not just limited to forces outside of the church, but it's also forces within, inside, within the church. It's also forces of, of disagreements and arguments over things that, that um, if somebody happens to argue something that isn't rooted in scripture and it seems very adamant about it and, 
and puts sort of that pressure on you. And so uh, persecution, it can happen within the church as well. Blessed are people when, blessed are you when people insult you because of me. It should be noted that both Matthew and Luke in this last um, beatitude, this blessed are people when others revile you and persecute you and all other kinds of all evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for uh, so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew and Luke both have a, a type of beatitudes and one of them is a shortened version. One of them is a um, Luke's gospel account is, is a little shorter. Uh, then Matthew's, Matthew's a longer, but both of them are, this beatitude is longer than the rest of them. And, uh, and that should be noted, but there's another thing that we need to know. And that's, that's that Jesus has constantly been talking in the third person. He's constantly saying, blessed are these people. Blessed is that person. Uh, he's not being specific. He's just saying, blessed are third person, singular or plural pronouns. But all of a sudden, Jesus is switching to second person because all of a sudden he says, blessed are you for the first time. Blessed are you when others revile you. And uh, that's an important distinction because it provides a little bit more of a singularity, a little bit more of a single-minded focus towards uh, towards the individual as opposed to a community. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you under all all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. There's there's also this interesting thing that happens with the chiastic structure. John talks a lot about a, about chiastic structures in his messages, and this is one that's going on here. Now, chiastic structure, to refresh your memory, is when the a, a sentence or a paragraph or something like that starts and ends sa essentially saying similar things, uh, and then you can kind of squeeze in, kind of like a think of like a March Madness bracket. You can uh, like just a division. You kind of squeeze in. Uh, a little bit and and sort of the there's another set and this could go on for as long but eventually there's one middle thought that is never repeated uh, and so this this uh, one right here is a chiastic structure and the point of a chiastic structure is always to emphasize what's in the middle and what's in the middle here is Jesus saying on my account the person of Jesus, the cause of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, the good news is the center of this structure. It's not just blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. It's blessed are you when people do those things because you are fighting for me, because you're pure in heart, because you're a peacemaker, because you are persecuted, because you are thirsting and hungering for righteousness, because you are merciful, because you mourn, because you're poor in spirit, because um, because you are you, because you are fighting the good fight. And the very last note that should be mentioned about this beatitude is that this is the very first distinguishably non-Jewish thought so far because because of that on my account, because Jesus is saying uh, that on my account, and the rest of these could be, do align with the Jewish law and Jesus was a Jew and uh, and was a rabbi and so the people would have thought of him in uh, as a as a teacher in this way, but this is the very first distinguishably non-Jewish thought because it's on my account, and so Jesus is starting to proclaim uh, the 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 new gospel, the new testament, uh, what Jesus is um, is has come to fulfill, and so we talk this year about. Uh, the gospel being for everybody, about how this message is for everybody. I think one of the most important things that we can think of every time we think of the Beatitudes so far is that I know people that are poor in heart 
poor in spirit. I know people that are pure in heart. I know people that are peacemakers. I know people that are persecuted for righteousness sake. I know people that hunger and thirst for God. And frankly, I believe that you are also one of those people. Maybe it's not like a super full extent that you feel that, but I believe that to some degree you are one of these things. I don't know many people that I would consider not one of these things. Definitely. I don't think, I can't think of many Christians that I know that would not identify as at least one of these things. And um, there's a really interesting element here of the kingdom of God, because uh, as I've mentioned, the kingdom of God is the future, the past and the present. We think of the kingdom of God often in terms of just heaven, of the, the gold roads uh, and the angels flying and singing and all that literature that has been ingrained in our, or all the imagery that's been ingrained in our head because of the, the art of the, um, of the years before us from Da Vinci and, uh, all the other people around that time. And that's just not what the kingdom of heaven is. See, I don't know what heaven's going to look like. And frankly, nobody does. But at the same time, the kingdom of heaven is not just heaven. The kingdom of heaven is today, is us doing uh, the things, living in a way that that the Beatitudes agree with, living in uh, in a way that says that we are pure at heart and we're peacemakers and we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is the nation of Israel, the people um, that were God's select people. The kingdom of heaven is the people that have been existing between when Jesus was actually on this earth and until he comes again. And uh, the kingdom of heaven is the time where we're all together at this new heaven and new earth that Jesus promises us in Revelation. And um, the kingdom of heaven for now, for us, is us living between the the inauguration of the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven and the actual uh, reign, the rule of Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And for now, it is up to us to live in a way that Jesus is, is telling us that we're blessed if we lived this way, because uh, for these reasons, we are part of the kingdom of heaven. For this reason, you are part of the kingdom of heaven. For this reason, anybody who chooses to say, I think Jesus could be for me is a part of the kingdom of heaven. And so even here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus himself is saying very publicly, the gospel is for everyone. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. If you have any questions about what you heard or any interest in learning more about CCF in Iowa, then please email us at ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we would love to get you connected.